light of infinite. Tzedakah, charity, and acts of kindness are equivalent to all of the mitzvot, commandments in the Torah. This is what it says in the Jerusalem Talmud. Truma is the parasha I began when I started writing these Light of Infinite Devere Torah a couple years ago. It was on the yard site of my kid's bubby, Yehuda Schava Bat Yaakov. I chose to begin this project to write and share Torah to inspire others in her memory. And it became a book series, unfortunately, when my mom passed away and I started to write every day until there were five books. Now that I've made it through the book series, and this chapter in particular, I'll dive in a bit deeper. We are now in the section of the Torah where the Jews are coming out of everything being taken care of for them. Being taken out of Egypt through the splitting of the sea, given food, manna, directly from heaven. It was as if they were children because they were given everything. As we, B'nai Israel, walked through the Red Sea and became a nation, and now, in the act of giving truma in the parasha, it's telling us something very profound. Giving confers dignity. Receiving does not. I haven't known anyone more dignified in giving than my kid's bubby, Yehudis Chava Bat Yaakov. When I think of her, I think of tzedakah in all its forms. Think of chesed, loving kindness, something she exemplified to an angelic degree. She was someone so full of life, love, warmth, and light at every turn, at every single moment. It inspired me to be more loving, more giving, more full of zest for each moment of life. She had so many blissful moments herself, and all with her 11 kids and their children. These Divrei Torah are a way for me to hopefully give inspiration to my readers and listeners to give and to love the way I saw it demonstrated daily from my kids' bubby and from their safta, my mother. I channel their energy into how I learn Torah, how I view the world, and how I put that into writing to share a perspective in these book series and the podcast. I channel that energy into how I learn Torah, how I view the world, and the writing in this book series and what I share through this podcast. I hope that these words inspire you to delve deeper into the Torah and the Kabbalistic text. As Chaim Vital says, one can go deeper and deeper as far as the human mind can delve, and the Torah will always yield new treasures. Breshi, Genesis, begins with Hashem, God creating the world, and all of the details of creation are covered in 34 psukim verses. Now that Bnei Israel as a nation have gone through the splitting of the sea to mark our exodus from enslavement and our entrance into redemption, the creation of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, is the manifestation of this new reality, bringing Hashem from the heavens to dwell in our physical space. The Torah isn't an instruction manual for Hashem, but for us. That's why instead of 34 psukim detailing how we are to bring the Shekhinah, Divine Presence, down into this world, there are hundreds dedicated to the details of building the Mishkan. Shekhinah comes from the same root as Mishkan. It's our way to bring down heaven down to earth. Mishkan is also related to Kadosh, which means holy. It's through this sanctification that we are to sanctify our reality by bringing the infinite to a space of finitude. Rav Simcha Zissel of Kelm, quoting the Ibn Ezra, says that the idea of holiness being consecrated and confined to a set place is similar to a person's sense of smell, which is confined to their nose. Even though one's entire being enjoys the smells and spices, they are absorbed through just one small part of the body. This is what Abarbanel said the symbolism of the Mikdash was meant to demonstrate. That Hashem doesn't only dwell in the heavens, but also throughout the earth. So while Hashem is everywhere, He communicates through the Mikdash. Zissel adds his own metaphor. Since the discovery of electricity, we know there is potential light everywhere, even in the darkness. Nonetheless, to see this light, one must take action. The Mikdash is the light of creation, which is revealed through actions taken by each person. Like electricity, it demonstrates that there is a spiritual force throughout the universe which only needs awareness and action to activate. 
Since this is the first appearance of the old adage, if you build it, he will come, the Torah goes into great detail over how to build it. The laws of how to build the Mishkan include precise measurements and explain how each and every person can give in order to create. To this day, we still face the temple in Jerusalem when we pray, towards the gateway to heaven, where all our prayers ascend on high, the meeting place between the finite and the infinite. Sefer HaChinuch teaches that we must remember that any commandment that Hashem requires of humankind comes only out of Hashem's desire to benefit us. Hashem's command to build the Mishkan for us to offer our prayers and sacrifices comes not out of Hashem's need to dwell on earth, dwelling among humankind, but rather out of Hashem's awareness that we need to train our own selves. This parasha covers the actions needed to bring this infinite awareness into our present reality, and it's the first time we see how charitable Bnei Israel are. In the first few verses, Hashem instructs Moshe to gather gifts from the people in order to construct the Mishkan. There's an itemized list of what should be given with gold, silver, spices, incense, and precious gems. As it's written, speak to the children of Israel and let them take for me a portion from every person whose heart so moves them shall take my portion. On this Pasuk, many ask the obvious question. Grammatically, shouldn't it read, Vayitznu, let them give a portion, rather than Vayikhu, let them take a portion? We must always be cognizant that everything belongs to Hashem. As King David says, Hashem The earth and its fullness belongs to Hashem. And so the concept of ownership is actually an illusion, as it's only used to differentiate between people in this world. But the emet, the truth, is that it's all Hashem's. The same way that the money we possess isn't really ours, money comes and goes, the only element of money that we can claim is ours is the tzedakah, the charity that we contribute. Because that is something we give and something we can elevate, so we can claim that it is, in a sense, ours. In the same way, the Torah is saying, take for yourself by using it for me. It isn't the gold and silver that we are giving, but the enthusiasm and heart when we give, the motivation and sincerity, these are the true giving. That is why the materials given reluctantly for the Mishkan, the tabernacle, were not accepted. As it's written, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them. The Shla points out the word sanctuary here is singular. However, the Torah doesn't say bitocho within it, as in dwelling within the Mikdash or Mishkan, but bitocham within them, as in I, Hashem, will dwell within them, within each and every one of them. The Lubavitcher Rebbe teaches that just as the physical sanctuary was brought about by the donations listed in the parasha, so too the spiritual sanctuary within each of us is brought through a divine service, the spiritual parallel of the donations we are now learning about. As we know, the Torah is the guide of how to draw the Shekhinah down into the physical realm. Here, Hashem is telling us to turn ourselves into sanctuaries for the Shekhinah, as our patriarchs and matriarchs did. And when we do that, the Shekhinah, the light of infinite, will dwell in our midst. Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches that the letters Tehumah form an anachronym of the final letters of the verses in Tehilim, to gaze upon the pleasantness of Hashem and to visit His chambers. Which you can see if you look at the verse, the Chatzot Benoam Hashem Ulidaber Behechelot. The allusion in the verse of Truma teaches that when a person gives full-hearted charity, a vessel is created to receive the supernal pleasantness which brings the revelation of the Divine Presence. This is the concept of, in His chamber, everything utters glory. B'nai Israel gives generously, establishing charitable giving as a cornerstone of action and faith. In Shkalim of the Jerusalem Talmud, it says, Rabbi Abba ben Acha said, One can never fully understand the character of this nation. When they are asked to contribute to the Mishkan, they give. 
The Talmud goes on to teach that the gold donated towards the Mishkan atoned for the gold which was melted into creating the golden calf. In the Mishnah Torah it says, even a poor person who derives his livelihood from charity is obligated to give charity, to give tzedakah to another person. You would think only people that have more than they need should give tzedakah to people in need. But for someone in need to also be obligated to give seems counterproductive. But tzedakah isn't only physical, it's psychological. The best way to give charity is when the giver does not know to whom they give and the recipient does not know from whom they receive. Greater than that though, according to the Rambam, is to fortify a fellow Jew and give them a gift alone, form them with a partnership or find work for them until they are strong enough so that they do not need to ask others for sustenance. This doesn't sound like charity in the traditional sense, but it's the highest form because along with giving, it bestows hope and dignity. And as Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says, even more than the product was the process. Summed up in the world that gives our parasha its name, truma meaning a gift, a contribution. An offering are literally translated as elevation, as in ligomem, to elevate. What we learn is that by donating something mundane for holy use, we can elevate the mundane to the sacred. It is this act of elevating elements to their source, similar to the idea behind brachot, blessing, on food. Rambam breaks down the eight levels of charity, the lowest one being when one gives unwillingly. Here Hashem instructs Moshe to have the children of Israel give charity, but emphasizes from those whose heart compels them. Because what you are willing to give from your heart with faith is how much you are willing to bring Hashem down into the world. So you see a poor person in the street, sad, distraught, with no hope, on the brink of feeling as if they were dead. When you give them tzedakah from the heart, you literally give them life and hope. You can see it in their being. They go from darkness and despair to light and happiness. So the money aspect of tzedakah is one part and it is needed, but when you give it from the heart, that is the part that elevates both the person and yourself. Yourself because it sweetens judgment, mamti kadin, to truly give from the heart. In Dvarim it says, when there will be a poor person amongst you, do not tighten your heart and do not close up your hand in front of your poor brother. Rather, open your hand to him. As Miles Davis said, don't worry about playing a lot of notes. Just find one pretty one. Something we get stuck in, overthinking or feeling we have to do so much so that we don't do it at all. When we really need to focus on doing even just one thing, but doing it with love, with a full heart, and with a smile of sincerity. Giving is not enough if when you give, it feels as if something is being taken away from you by the person who is receiving. There's a Hasidic story in which a wealthy individual who is known for his miserliness had decided to give Rav Shlomo of Radomsk a good amount of money as a pidyon. But Rav Shlomo refused to accept it. When he was asked why he didn't accept it, since he certainly needed the money, he simply replied, if you had seen with what glee he had took the money back, you would have not asked why I didn't receive it. Just as important as the act of giving is the sincerity and love in which it's given. If our heart compels us to want to hold back and not let go, it's the act of giving and letting go that we must master. The Arizal teaches that creation came about because Hashem has a fundamental desire to give. Therefore, the natural state of being is one in which chesed, the bountiness and unlimited influx of Hashem's kindness, flows freely into the world, unhampered by either sin or dinim, judgment. One of the major ways to sweeten judgment, hamtika dinim, is tzedakah, charity, as it transforms dinim into chesed. We are tasked to emulate these qualities. In Mishlei Proverbs it says, there is one who gives generously, yet ends with more. Focusing on what you don't have over what you do often blocks blessings of what you can get. Focusing on what you can give, you turn yourself into a vessel for receiving. 
The Zohar says that darkness isn't an entity unto itself. It's the absence of light. And if darkness is the absence of light, then a little bit of light, a little bit of love, will illuminate a lot of darkness. And like the Beatles said, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Dive in deeper at lightofinfinite.com.